And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Here we are, 255, episode 255 of the Constitutionals Podcast. We're coming hot off the heels, hot off the presses of uh, the the Oscars. Now, I usually, I typically post an episode on Friday. Uh, qu- quite frankly, I went to go see Cocaine Bear in the middle of the day, and I got back, and it was a hectic ride back on my bike, my bicycle, uh, and uh, uh, I, I just wanted to sit down. The ride back was, I mean, I'll just tell you, I, I saw Cocaine Bear at like 2.30 on a Friday, which typically I like to go at, you know, at noon, a one thirty, preferably if they have uh, 11.30 showing, 10 o'clock, I'll go at 10 o'clock. I'd rather go at 10 o'clock and have the rest of my day as opposed to going the middle of the day and just, you know, kind of being drained from uh, being around the world. I, I go to my bike, I ride down Atlanta's Beltline, I go to my local AMC, I, uh, I'm one of two people in there. There's a woman who is sitting right by the door in the railing area of, of that next, that you, you turn, you get in there, you turn left. She's right there just sitting on the railing. And I just thought that's so strange place to sit. And then I, <laughs> I walk over to my seat, which is row three on the, uh, the left aisle side. <laughs> and uh, she, of course she probably thought that guy's insane sitting that close in an empty theater. I don't want to, I mean, that's, that's where I typically sit, but also wouldn't it have been strange if I was like, I sat like a couple rows behind her and it was just like, just watching me. Like, <laughs> so I go see this movie. I enjoy my time at the movie. Also, there were 30 minutes of trailers. Usually there's 20, 20, uh, 20 to 22. And I timed it perfectly to get there right when that initial trailer, when that uh, last trailer was ending, would have been exactly 22 minutes. And even then, I was late. I was, I said, I was, I was 22 minutes on on the dot, and I went, "Oh my god, I'm missing the first couple of minutes of this movie." I get in there. The trailer ends is for Good Boy, the uh, Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx. They're dirty. They're dogs that curse. I think, and it's live action from the director of Good Boy. Uh, wait, what is that movie called? I don't know. The dog wants to bite the guy's penis off. Anyway. Uh, and they're foul mouth, and I and I and I and I and I sit down. And I go, okay, great. It's the end of the trailer, and then another trailer plays, and then another trailer plays, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? Anyway, then the movie starts. Enjoy my movie. It's four twenty ish, four o'clock, four twenty, almost four thirty. When somebody, uh, excuse me, when somebody, when the um, uh, when 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 I did not know school lets out. I thought kids don't go to school anymore. I hop on my bike, get on the Beltline again, riding through, dodging people. You know, it's not, it's not, as, it's not bad or anything. And then I get to a point where there, I know there's a school, and uh, it was detrimental to my health. It was horrible. I was, I was literally weaving in and out. You know, kids are pushing each other. Uh, one, one little girl. If I see a bike coming and I'm that small, I'm moving out the way because I this guy is 166 pounds, all muscle, and he is going to hit me and and I will die as a small child. Uh, one little girl pushed another little girl into me, almost into me, and she, and I just heard her go, "You almost made me hit that bike." 
all these kids were just walking on the belt line. It was just a, like truly a sea of children. So I had to hop off and hit the street. Uh, did not have a helmet. I understand that is dangerous. But also I was on a, a pathway where I wouldn't necessarily need one. But yes, I know. Get home. Did not record the show. But now I can. Uh, I did not even start the timer for this. Five minutes in. Hey, let's talk about the... And actually, you know what? Let's, uh, let's do this first. Let's do the, the, the small stuff first. Then we'll get to the Oscars in a second. Paramount last week mentioned that it was kind of interested in selling off part of its stake of uh, BET. And that's their first story. That's where we find our hapless hero. This comes from a Hollywood Reporter written by Alex Weprin. Tyler Perry, Byron Allen, IBET majority stake as Paramount explores sale. Paramount is trying to whittle down the, uh, the, the, the things that it does not need so that it can really focus on Paramount Plus as its streamer, as well as uh, the, the networks that it wants to support. Now, with that being said, BET, VH1, and BET Plus, are, which is the streaming service for BET, uh, are said to be for sale. Now, it does not mean that Paramount is going to get rid of them. It just means that they don't want to have the financial responsibility of having to put shows on them or uh, any of, uh, you know, just they just want less of a stake. Sources say that Tyler Perry's one of them, uh, one of the one of the people that wa- that's interested in purchasing BET. They caution that both discussions around the excuse me that discussions around the sale are still in early talks, and there's no guarantee of transaction taking place. There's other parties, including Byron Allen, who owns uh, the Weather Channel, as well as the Grio, which is a platform I wrote for once, or I shot video for twice rather. And uh, did I get paid? I did. How how soon after I get paid? How soon after the publishing of those videos did I get paid? If you would say. A month and change, you'd be correct. And then I, I got so I, I did I shot video for them and I did I pitched like two stories and then we did them. Uh, but I shot I, I did the thing and I and I spent all this time in uh, Kennesaw at Kennesaw State. It was a story about uh, uh, racism at the school and uh, and I interviewed like this one guy and 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 I, and I interviewed so many people. Uh, who also did not want to talk to me, and I and I did and like and, and and I did all this work. It took me a whole day, and also, if you don't know, Kennesaw is forty minutes away from the city, on a on a good day with traffic. With uh, yeah, on a good day with no traffic, not a lot of traffic. And uh, I I sent in the video within like a day. It's like eleven minutes long, which is too long for a story. Yeah, I, I get that, but I send it in, and then. Uh, the editor has the audacity to go, hey, can you come back there and get some more interviews? And I'm like, excuse me, I put like maybe five or six interviews in there. He's like, it's too long and also can you get more interviews? And I went, excuse me, I can't, I do not have the, I, I, I specifically meant I do not have the means to get back up there because it, it costs so much and I had no job with the exception of like walking dogs and that. Oh man, it was bad. And then I cut it down, and then they they just uh, I don't even know if they uploaded it truly, but I know it's on my channel, YouTube.com/slash Chad C White, I think. I don't know. I don't know if that's the thing or not. B 
BET didn't really fit in with Paramount's portfolio, uh, and to some extent, you know, MTV doesn't. I understand why they want to get not get rid of it. I want to understand why they want to invest less in it. But it, uh, I, it just, I mean, for one, it just never really fit in. BET Plus, for example, counts Perry as an investor, while BET Studios counts Kenya Barris and Rashida Jones as stakeholders. Those uh, deals would complicate any effort to merge BET Plus or BET Studios into Paramount Plus or one of the company's other divisions. Such a deal, if it happens, would give Paramount cash as it continues to build out its uh, main streaming offering, Paramount Plus, and as it reviews its holdings and figures out how to piece things together uh, in strategy moving forward. Now, I think the better idea, uh, for, right, so my first idea for this, as soon as I saw the headline that Paramount Plus, or excuse me, that Paramount was interested in not, have, in not having a huge stake in BET was, give it to Tyler Perry. He's the one who is providing, I think, most of the programming on BET+. And then my second idea was for give it to Tyler Perry and Byron Allen. Do not give it to Byron Allen by himself. Uh, I believe that as much as the Weather Channel is probably the most relied on weather service uh, on the not on the planet, but I'll just say on the planet. I'll be I'll be hyperbolistic for a second. As much as it is like super reliable and it's a big name brand thing, his other streaming and television aspirations aren't. Byron Allen has like comedy.tv, which I, I just looked up on its website and it's got four TV shows. Two of, all of them were, uh, 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 let me just go back to it because this is going to be ridiculous. Comedy.tv. If you go to the website, it's a poorly made website. I can make something better, and I will say that to his face. But he also has Comics Unleashed, which is a show that's been around for a very long time. Uh, that is comedians talking and, and doing stand-up and also uh, uh, talking to Byron Allen, I guess. And then uh, there's Funny Should Ask, which is a, a game show, I think. I don't know. Which has contestants like Howie Mandel and Tiffany Haddish and Anthony Anderson, which I'm, I assume this show is canceled. Uh, and then there's shows like Mr. Box Office, which has John Lovitz in a starring role, as well as Tim Meadows, a show I did not even know existed. Turns out it's been on. It, it, it's only it was only on for two seasons. It looked so cheaply made. I don't know why anybody would have this on their IMDb page. And then there's uh, and then like it was it just looks so so poor. And it aired in like the 2010s. And then there's the first family starring Christopher B. Duncan from the Jamie Foxx show and John Witherspoon uh, and Layla Crawford. It's just like, like it's it. How how do they pay these people and peanuts? And then he's got like HBCU Go, which is a historical Black College University streaming service. So I don't think I think Tyler Perry has more. He can put all of his uh, Medea movies on there and all the TV shows he's done. It just it it would make much more sense if Tyler was in charge of this. Uh, so don't give it to Byron. Like if anything, and I don't. I mean, I don't think Byron can afford it. <laughs> Let's move on. Stream on. This comes from Spotify, newsroom.spotify.com slash stream dash on dash 2023. They had their, uh, their, I guess this is a yearly event. I don't know. They had a they had an event last week that showcased all of the things that are supposed to be coming for the year. Spotify did. They talked about 
they, they changed the Anchor app into Spotify for podcasters, which is something that I did not realize until this very second. Like, truly, I uh, I have to turn off the the feed for the for the app, but I it, it updated to from Anchor to Spotify with podcast for podcasters, and then right before I sat down to record uh, the other two podcasts. I'm like, where's Anchor? And then I saw podcasters, like this purple icon, and I went, uh, I guess this is it. What do they announce at this thing, this 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 event? They announced that Hasan Minaj is going to be uh, the the returning as the the Riddler in his own podcast series. Apparently, he was on um, a Batman podcast series for Spotify. What else is going on? Markiplier's got a podcast, and they're doing video podcasts there. Markiplier's from YouTube. Uh, And then uh, same thing for Forbidden Fruits and the comments section, which I can only assume are – never mind. I'm not going to make a joke. It was going to be rude. (laughs) Spotify's got more opportunities for – it was just going to be – no, I'm not going to tell you that. Anyway, uh. They've got, they talk about uh, more opportunities and features for creators during during the stream on event. So they've got previews for music podcasts and audios, audiobooks, as well as can you tell how bored I am by if you're watching the video <laughs> by reading this incomprehensible press release? New feeds for discovery on search. Oh, they're personalized AI DJ, which I found. Uh, which is pretty good. The AI DJ is a really, really good uh, aspect of this new thing. But that's been out. That was in beta for at least a week prior to, prior to that. And then Smart Shuffle. And apparently, I believe where's the um, where's the there is there is a number I do want to mention. Oh yeah, they have a new uh, TikTok like feed. So if you want to scroll through in a TikTok-like fashion of Spotify music or music on Spotify, then that's how you, that's how that is. Uh, announcing new expanded Spotify originals and exclusives. This is the better link. I don't know why this press release wasn't here in the first place. All right, this one press release has everything. That's good. Okay. So there's a new way to – they have a new way to scroll through uh, TikTok – or excuse me, scroll through Spotify in a TikTok-like fashion, which I'm not truly a fan of. But that's what we have to deal with. Spotify is continuing to uh, reinvent the wheel for streaming. Unfortunately, uh, it is still becoming – it's still convoluted because they want you to be the – they want Spotify to be the one-stop shop for all audio. They want you to listen to podcasts, audiobooks, and then also, hey, we have music too. Which is, which is just you're you're bogging down your app. Just have a different app for Spotify podcasts. And that way you can it can be feature rich as opposed to here where I think they're missing fast forward. I I think they're missing a lot of other aspects of it. Hey, let's talk about Oscars and streaming. Let's talk about the Oscars. That's a good one. There are some great moments uh, that had happened at the Oscars. Uh, we have a lot of great representation in terms of Asian and Indian uh, people descent. Uh, it was fantastic. 
Uh, I mentioned this on late night lately. I don't know if you listen to that podcast, the late night, the late, late night night show show. Um, it was, uh, I thought it was a fine show. I do think Kimmel's a great host. I do think he spent way too many jokes on the, the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap. Uh, and it, it, it to a, to a point where it was in bad taste. Um, I just, I, I like everything is up for a joke. That's, that's completely fine on my watch, but I do think once you, there's a point where, uh, and I say this about even Chris Rock's special that came out on Netflix, the live special. Uh, and I'll say this about Dave Chappelle. I'll say it about Joe Rogan. The rest of the people like that. When you make jokes out of hate, it just—they're just not funny. Like when you make, like when you make a joke, when Chappelle's making jokes about trans people, and it continues to be jokes about trans people. When you do a special about that, then it just becomes this kind of angry, bitter thing that I I find in a comedian uh, very unattractive. Uh, and I mean sexually, and that, and I, and I learned that that extends to uh, even like small continued things about something as something as small as the the, the slap. Which I, yeah, we knew that was gonna, we knew that there was gonna be jokes about it, at least in the monologue. But man, to spend the rest of the night where the majority of your jokes are about that, and it's just, uh, it just seemed kind of, uh, and I hate saying this because I'm not. Uh, uh, I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but it just seemed kind of gross. It's like it's like because because uh, uh, a Kimmel and Howard Stern and a lot of co- a lot of white comedians that I and I think are funny people uh, who I've now since reduced down to you know not that funny. Uh, like they were ones that are like let's arrest this person. Like jumping, you're, it's. I think it's just an issue that you're not. You should not be a part of. You don't have to comment on. And if you do, don't comment on it all the time. Just like Stern, Stern in particular, he's like, we. Should, he said he's like, uh, uh, Will Smith needs to be arrested. That guy needs to be in jail. Like, dude, come on. It's it's not that serious. Anyway, uh, Kihui Khan won for uh, the, the his role in. Everything, everywhere, all at once. As did the movie one itself. Jamie Lee Curtis won. Michelle Yeoh won. Brendan Fraser had a great, did a great speech as well. Uh, I'm told Sarah Polly won for Women Talking, but it is a uh, speech that I think I had turned the channel on. <laughs> uh, Lady Gaga, Rihanna, they both had great performances. I I really like Lady Gaga's performance, which is just a, a stripped down set. She can sing in anything. Uh, I think she and Rihanna are both uh, beautiful women. Saw ASAP Rocky drinking a, a champagne. What else? Oh, there. Oh, this is one thing that I despised about the entire event. I understand that a network is going to do some tie-in stuff to uh, if you have if you have the Super Bowl, if you have the Oscars, you have the Emmys, you have the Golden Globes, whatever you're gonna do, you're gonna or Tony's, you're gonna do it, you're gonna do a tie-in thing. This is something that I think was disrespectful to the Academy, more so than that slap, more so than, you know, the South Park creators showing up high or whatever. Was that the Oscars? I don't know. 
but more so than anything, is showing a trailer, a world premiere trailer for a movie at the at an awards show. That is ridiculous. You do not. This is not the MTV Movie Awards. This is not Nickelodeon Slime Fest or whatever the heck it's called. You do not need to show trailers. This is not E3. You do not need to show trailers for a movie at at a that's coming out. That 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 as much okay. The Oscars and every award show are set in time. They're set, you know. They and by that I mean you go back and you watch a, a speech. Uh, you can say you can see like somebody uh, give the speech for. I, I can't uh, the movie crash. I can't think of a, someone's giving a speech. We can go back and like in ten years we can go back in time and go, hey, Brendan Fraser did a great job giving a speech for his win for the whale. But when we look back in time. At at at, a, at, an, at an Oscar ceremony, we're we're not going to look fondly on the trailer for the Little Mermaid, which is insane. That is so stupid. That was the that was the worst move you could possibly do for for something like that. We do not need to sensationalize this, even in in a, even though it's already sensationalized. All of the uh, the categories are back, including the shorts, which was great. Uh, and then, and then Jimmy uh, went down to the audience to have like three seconds of interaction, which I don't think worked out. Uh, Elizabeth Banks brought out Cocaine Bear, and it popped up twice, uh, which was unnecessary. <laughs> and her voice was wrecked. I don't know what happened. I don't know if she was uh, did karaoke the night before, but you know. Anyway. Natu Natu won for best musical number, which was fantastic. I love RRR. That is a great movie. Sit down for three hours, watch that movie. I promise you, your life will change. I guarantee that. What else happened? What else happened at the Oscars? Uh, that's about it. People are mad about the fat suit. The fat suit winning for you know the whale. The makeup winning for the whale. It was a good makeup. The superhero movies don't have to win everything. Any hoosers. Let's get on with this. Elvis is the most streamed Oscar movie. Though that may not mean a gosh dang thing. This comes from Variety, written by Todd Spangler. Uh, but it, it according to Nielsen ratings, Elvis is the most watched Oscar movie leading up into the Oscars. It appeared on HBO Max on August 8th after having a, about a string in the uh, string of what what am i talking about after being in theaters <laughs> jesus jesus in heaven it's been streamed for a total of about 2.7 billion minutes that does not necessarily mean that people have finished movies i stopped watching the bohemian rhapsody movie <laughs> i stopped watching let's see i stopped watching um the elton john movie uh, so I assume if I watch I Want to Dance with Somebody, I'm only going to get 20 minutes in. <laughs> I hear that title track, and I turn it right off. Rocket Man, that's what the Elton John movie is called. Elvis is one of the, was one of the films nominated for Oscars for Best Picture. I don't think it won anything. I, don't, I think it won for costuming. I don't think it won anything. Anyway, Nielsen's streaming content ratings do not include Paramount Plus, which added Top Gun Maverick on December 22nd. Top Gun Maverick 
on top of being one of the biggest movies of the last year, it is it more, more than likely was probably one of the most streamed movies. Even in that eight eight day time span. But even up until now, it's probably one of the most streamed movies. I would I would I would bet money that it eclipses it eclipses uh Elvis. I've seen it a couple times myself. I love them. Please, I just I I just need for some reason that 4K Blu-ray refuses to go on sale. It's all it's always the movie I like the most. The Batman's been on sale constantly. I don't want to buy that. Not because it's streaming. I just don't want to buy it. I'll buy it at some point. The guy who doesn't like superhero movies is like, I'll buy the Batman. It was pretty good. I enjoyed my time with it. What's another superhero? I would buy. I would buy. Uh, uh, if they, I just recently, I had just stars for three months, um, and it ended in February. Uh, and I just, I re, the last movie I watched that literally the day my stars went out was, um, uh, I rewatched was Spider Man No Way Home. That's the last one, right? It's No Way Home, the extended version, because I wanted to see what was different. If they. If if Disney and Sony were smart, they would release the regular version and the extended version on you know two four K Blu Ray discs. You get you get my money. I don't put it and and I'm and not talking about separate release. They already have separate releases. I want them both on on one package. <laughs> Nielsen also does not support streaming estimates for Showtime, which is also part of Paramount Plus or the Showtime streaming package uh, and and uh, everything everywhere all at once. One best picture, and I guarantee is probably one of the most streamed movies too. Probably not as much as Elvis, but definitely not as much as uh, Top Gun. But definitely not a slacker in its own right. Is what I say. Nielsen has reportable data through February twelfth on just four of the ten best picture contenders, uh, including All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, which is from Netflix, which was streamed one point six billion times a uh, minutes since October twenty second, and The Banshees of Inisherin which is on HBO Max, 480 million minutes since December 13th. And even though that was also in theaters, I think a limited release. And then Tar, which was on Peacock, which was streamed for 128 million, uh, 128 million minutes and was released on Peacock after being released in theaters on January 27th. Three movies, The Fablemans, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking, are available for rental or purchase, but not on SVOD. That is not true. I believe Triangle of Sadness is now officially on Hulu, because it is on my list, because there are people of color in it, and I can watch it. Uh, And Fablemans is now on HBO Max. Uh, Glass Onion has 2.89 billion minutes from December 26th to January 1st. Hocus Pocus 2, I don't think that's even, no, I was gonna, let's go to Black Panther. Wakanda Forever has 2.27 billion minutes from January 30th to February 5th. What do we get out of this? While movie, while the numbers are important to see, it doesn't necessarily mean that the movies are going to uh, perform well, if anything. Oh, there's a water outage in my apartment. These the the this comes from a Variety again, written by Tyler Aquilina. Streaming isn't lifting Oscar movies' sagging fortunes. Now these movies never exactly do 
box office gangbusters. I mean, in fact, I think Black Panther, Top Gun, uh, let's go back to last year, Spider-Man No Way Home. Those are the ones that did exceptionally well, making a billion dollars. But mostly because those are tentpole films. You take that up against Tar. You take that up against uh, uh, Women Talking. Those movies, uh, they're not going to exactly, you know, prove to be the powerhouses against against the uh, the tentpoles. Same thing with All Quiet on the Western Front. I think that was in theaters for two weeks. Well, I mean, they had to be only in theaters for two weeks just to get eligibility. But I can't fully imagine that 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 they could even hold a candle. Though, and I think we're still at a point, even even in streaming, that. In order to get a movie to uh, uh, like to be watched, it's going to have to be through word of mouth. People are going to have to go either a want to see this cast do their work, or b just can just continue hearing word of mouth. Everything, everywhere, all at once is a great example. That's a movie that stayed in theaters for as long as possible and didn't hit streaming until later in its life cycle. I mean, I think I bought it on Blu-ray before it hit streaming. Before it hit Showtime streaming, rather. Uh, uh, 4K Blu-ray, by the way. <laughs> we don't spend money on regular Blu-rays anymore. Unless that's the only format. I think I was looking at Reno 911, the movie. I have the original. I have the 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 first edit they did. Not the theatrical edit, but the uh, the unrated version that they, that came out. I need to get the other one. And that's also on DVD as as is the first one, so that's the only and that's never going to go to Blu-ray. I don't think I don't think it'll ever have to go to Blu-ray. <laughs> and I love Reno 911, but that it's not going to go to Blu-ray. I'm also watching uh, some of the the new show on Roku. I do not have a Roku, so I have to download the app. The app is not on Android. I have to download the app. The app is not on LG TV. I have to download the app. It's not on Chromecast with Google TV. I have to download it on my iPad, and then I have to screen mirror it to the LG, which is ridiculous. And then I can't even use the iPad for the 30 minutes, which, yeah, watch the show, blah, blah, blah. But still, it's stupid. Roku, put your app everywhere. All Quiet and Banshee's both had decent showings at the BAFTAs, which had its own problems, which was it had all white winners, and I think all white whatever. Uh it did have all white winners. Everything everywhere all at once uh did earn a lot of money for what it was worth at the uh, box office and won uh, all most of its uh, SAG awards. So it's a little bit inconsistent when it comes to streaming and to box office and to how and how a movie will do at an award show. So you can't just follow the numbers. I think you know and I think it's going to have to be now you have to kind of have an amalgamation of all that. You have to have word of mouth and then you have to look at the box office and then you have to look at uh the streaming numbers. And just find a way analysts have to find a way in order to to really connect all those and and make sure that they are working in concert with one another. That's the only way that that you're able, you're truly able, you're gonna be able to get, because you know it's like uh, get it, get it, get a true value for that. It's like um, a couple of years ago. I don't know if this still counts, but 
a lot of networks would gauge interests with shows based on when Twitter was popular, how like how the hashtag was doing, and and they probably still do it to this day. But it just that's it just uh, doesn't uh, work work that good no more. It's me. I'm an Italian guy. Eh. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. Listen, if you like what you heard here, head on over to cpluscomedy.com where you can listen to our other podcasts. Late Night Lately, the Late Late Night Night Show Show, which is a late night show where I uh, recount what happens in late night for the week. Best Things in Late Night, uh, as well as LinkedIn Logs, which is a show where I uh, try to become the best LinkedIn influencer, as well as now SideQuest, the number one only fan. Or the no only the only fan, the only fan. Two words. If you want to see a video version of those shows, head to YouTube.com/slash Plus Comedy, where you can also see our uh, premiere show, News Time, where I take one topic and I boil it down and I explain it and I try to make it funny. Try to get that Daily Show bit out of there. And then uh, Instagram, Twitter at C Plus Comedy, TikTok at C Plus Comedy, Facebook at C Plus Comedy. Me on all those platforms, add chat, black, white, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about this show. And now we're going to go to the outro. Goodbye. Goodbye.